So I'm chatting to Goes there from Rackel. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's great pronunciation, <laughs> by the way. Look, don't tell everyone that I had to practice that. Like, I think I practiced that maybe under my breath about 10 no, times before I record. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Brit. I, I've spent the entire last three days being highly embarrassed by my lack of language skills in Spain. Oh, no. You've been perfect. Thursday is perfect. <laughs> um, so, look, tell us a little bit about Rackle. I mean, Rackle is a revolutionary neobanking platform. Yep. And what we mean with that is that we are a midware technology platform. And uh, with one-stop shop, we connect people, corporates or fintechs, to banks or anyone who provides banking services. Because right now, when you look at neo banking's market size, it's estimated to go over $2 trillion only in a few years. And what we are doing is we are enabling lots of players to get into this market with this midware platform. Because not only fintech companies now, but the corporates would like to provide banking services to their clients, especially outside of their jurisdiction. But in order to do that, they either need to be a bank in a very heavily regulated market or linked to a bank. But they found this very difficult. They don't want to be a bank anyway. Mm. And um, But to link to a bank, some can do, but many can't because to build that technology takes years, at least a year or two. And then it costs lots of money, like millions of dollars. And also they got so frustrated to deal with lots of vendors, their requirements, and all of the culture misalignment. It's crazy. It's really painful. It's slow. And in a very fast pace, fast growing market like this, if you want to step in, you need to be quick as well. And before frustrated, they can actually come to us, get Ruckle, relabel it, rebrand it. And within weeks, they're in the market there. They have their own neo banking business. That's what we are enabling people to be able to do. And part of this whole fast growing market. Where is the growth concentrated? Because look, this is not a market I, I know particularly well. So I might say some stuff here that is just wrong. Mm-hmm. So correct me if I do. But in the UK, I kind of feel like there was a trend for this with the type with, with, with companies like John Lewis and M&S kind of offering banking services. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know whether that's the same in, in Europe or in other markets. Where is that growth happening? Uh, the growth is happening everywhere, actually. But when you are looking at it, there are only a few who could connect to a bank and white label it and be able to provide some services. Um, mostly, they're providing their own branded credit cards, like MNS, for example. Right, okay. okay. Um, I don't know their exact setup and whether they are paying a lot of money or they invested a lot of money, but this is not possible for everyone to do. And that's why we are widening that market. And this is everywhere. It's global. So take, um, I mean, we we already founded Kobekus, which is the first open banking platform in Turkey. So we have huge roots in Turkey and we are in discussions with banks and corporates, for example, or a football club. So a bank, a Turkish bank, has a branch license in Germany, in Europe, but it's limited. They have already some clients there, and there are already 5 million living in the EU, and they can expand to EU. So by connecting through us to our strategic partners, our banks, they can provide these services to all of them. Or you can take um, one of the biggest football clubs, Fenerbahce. 
they have uh, 25 million global fans and think about them to be able to provide these services to them and uh, if they can do this they will cost costs and payments as well and not all those subscription payments uh, or Airbnb they don't have a wallet in Turkey and whenever there is a payment they have to pay to a bank or the payment service providers uh, payment schemes like Visa some commission so this is wide and the growth is going everywhere and we don't have a direct competition in the in the year which shows you the scale of opportunity um, there are some most aligned to us in the US but and they already raised more than 250 million dollars wow. and it shows you the growth opportunity um, why we are looking at uh, EU is that first because it's an easy market to go to market for us and we want to show that this works and uh, most of the Turkish companies and the banks that we are talking to because of our risk is readily accessible to us and they're already interested because they already have either clients or they know that they can reach out to many clients and they can grow outside of Turkey. So we can start with that, but we are also in discussions with some uh, brokers, for example, FX and CFD broker in London. It's a global company. They have uh, clients everywhere in the world. And they've been trying to get this system going and be able to provide their own branded credit cards to its clients for so long, for the last two years, and they haven't found one. I mean, it is... It, people are trying to get into this market and some people don't even think that they can do it. We are widening their vision, opening up opportunities for them as well. It will be a secondary revenue for them. They will cut costs on payments and it will be very appealing for anyone who will see that it's a opportunity and this works. There is a platform there and I can just get into it. Obviously, it will all be subject to KYC requirements of the banks that they're connecting to. But they are big enough, you should be able to do this. So, just to make sure that I understand this right, obviously you said there that you're focusing on the EU. You talked about the US. But let's take the example of Fenerbahce and having a, a global fan base. Mm-hmm. You could have fans in Latin America, in Asia... As I understand it, you've obviously got in the UK, you've got the Financial Services um, Authority um, in Europe, you've got GDPR in the UK, you've got open banking, you've got all these different regulatory environments. Obviously, you're a, you're a white label platform. How have you got around the fact that I suppose okay. you're dealing with users in so many different markets yes. where there are so many different regulations? Yes, I think that would that that would be a little bit of a challenge, but also a challenge for these companies who would like to tap into this market. They would have needed to find out where are the regulations? Do I need a license? What do I do? And this is a lot of research. So they will need to do that and they will need banking license. At least with the EU, we started with a German bank where our first uh, strategic partner is Solaris Bank and uh, they're Buffin regulated. And Buffin is very clear that our clients or us won't need to be regulated or licensed or authorized. So in Europe, we don't have a problem and in the US we are thinking that it is very similar but we are already looking at it and researching so that we are sure we don't need any license but on the other hand if you are seeing this even like an introducing relationship 
even if you would need a license, it won't be like banking license. It will be more uh, authorization, which is much easier to tackle. Uh, but currently for EU uh, and UK, we won't need that. Um, we haven't been in the UK as yet. We have very limited services thanks to Brexit. We have to now yeah, think. Let's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but thanks to Brexit, but, uh, we need to... Uh, find and looking for a strategic partner yeah. again in the UK and we are looking to expand the UK and US in a very short distance um, near future but we desire to be global like you say bring in Asia so one broker who has clients all around the world they take our app or web-based platform rebrand it and then there you go they can put it onto their clients and EU clients will be using Solaris Bank bank services or any other that we will add to or um, UK, UK, Asia, US, there will be other banks or service providers. Um, I'm not even going to more on the technology, but our technology is not only a front-end integration that provides to these companies, but also it provides admin and control panels that you can find right now in the technologies, which is very important for the companies to be able to track the transactions and what's going on. It's great intelligence for them. And we are also providing these services to them. And uh, also, we are talking about neobanking, but it will be opportunity of embedded finance and embedded finance market size is estimated to go over 7 trillion in eight years. And our platform will create opportunity for embedded finance as well. So it's a lot there. We're just starting like uh, with our neobanking platform, one platform, we connect any fintechs or corporates or football clubs, whoever would like to provide banking services to their clients, to banking service providers. So that is simply that. So you're part of the, the pitch competition this afternoon. Yes. Good luck for that. Thank you. I just done it. <laughs> oh, you've just done it. No, 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 no. I haven't. I, I mean, in your podcast. Well, okay, well, so it goes out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're not clairvoyant, so we don't know. We don't know uh, but um, apart from that, what are you hoping to take away from this conference? I mean, I met brilliant people uh, here. I mean, obviously investors. And what we are looking for is funding now and yeah. early seed fun- uh, stage funding. Uh, but we are not looking just for money. We are looking for smart money. We are already in discussions with some who we know that their portfolio companies would become our clients. So they grow, the portfolio companies grow, we grow, and we are in the market. So smart money is very important for us. So I met a few um, uh, companies here, investors, that could also be a good partner to us, which is great. But also I learned a lot from other startups, and their uh, experience. It's been like a crash course for a founder here. And it, there had been amazing workshops on, um, on how to grow yourself and how to develop and whether you got it in you, you know, as a co-founder, as a founder of your company and what are the pitfalls of this. Or when you pitch to an investor, what you shouldn't be doing and how you should be preparing. I mean, all of those things are very, very important. And you feel like, oh, it's in me, I'm natural. But it's not. not. It's yeah, constant yeah. learning. So it's been amazing. And I made great friends. So I won't feel so lonely because I'm the only one from my five, you know, we are five co-founders, but I'm the only one uh, from uh, Rackle today due to some visa issues. 
but I won't feel uh, alone. So I made some friends who will be watching me, which is amazing. And I met you. <laughs> well, look, I can't help this afternoon, but <laughs> fingers crossed others do. Thank and you. good luck. Thank you. Thank you, David.